Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. All right. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Good day. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Welcome back. Thanks for checking in with us again Um, to the (laughs) listeners. And how are you doing? How's the week going? How are you holding up? Yes, yes. I'm doing pretty good. A little tired. It's been a very long week. Um, Worked over the weekend and Hosted my soon-to-be family, so a little tired, but it's been a good week. What about you guys? Nice. Um, I had a really good week. I was out of town, so I went traveling, um, had a retreat um, for the company that I'm going to start working with. So I was able to meet everybody. That was really fun. Um, Some really funny, smart, just cool down-to-earth people. So it just increased my excitement. I'm having a, a good week. Cool. Um, mine was busy, it was productive, but it was, uh, you know, coming back to work after a four day weekend. I, um, yeah, spent a lot of time trying to just remember what day it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was busy week, but definitely those, when you miss a Monday, it's just like, it's like I don't a, know yeah. what my life is right now. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all, um, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm jumping in. Uh-uh. I was just going to say, did y'all like have a good day off work like did you capitalize on it i was sick oh yeah you were i had a migraine to you were sick we gonna get you some um, immune boosting something some vitamin c vitamin c emergency (laughs) 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 he said i know what vitamin it ain't c Joking. That That's causes another more headaches. Show. Causes more headaches. No, um, <laughs> migraine. Or I, and I, them. I knew why I came, so yeah. yeah. Wow, that was <laughs> that just took us to a whole another <laughs> My mind is like somewhat totally different. All now. right. Well, uh, <laughs> glad everyone's doing okay. But yeah, that's what how I spent my day off yeah. on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, what did I do? I think, yeah, because we talked that morning. We were yeah, both supposed were to go to the MLK. Yeah, yeah, I was we're not home. Feeling well. Yeah, I wasn't feeling well. So I was home pretty much that whole day, too. Um, yeah, because we were supposed to go to the, the MLK rally, rally yeah. um, which I heard was really good. Yeah, so shout out to um, South Carolina for having for hosting a, a lot of the candidates, Democratic candidates um, at the rally. I heard it was really good. Mm-hmm. So. I don't remember. I am literally <laughs> struggling. I'm sitting over here like, what did I do? Were you oh here? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> what was I doing? I was traveling. Okay. I was coming back from you were, Augusta. Because I okay. talked to you. You were trying to get donut holes. That, oh, yeah. Was, oh, because we were supposed to record. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was such okay. a str- Oh, no wonder. I, I was trying to that repress that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad everybody made it through the week and we are moving on into the next week. Um, So let's go ahead and kind of move into the media minute. 
Um, and today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, Tyler Perry. Um, and April had a really good thought about whether, like, what's the thin line with Tyler Perry of critiquing his work and just kind of hating um, on him, his work, and what's going on. Um, because, you know, he just um, put up his net Netflix movie, A Fall from Grace, um, which he has been proud of saying he recorded in five days. Um, and, um, people, the, the people love it though. You know, I've heard a lot of, uh, a lot of feedback from a lot of people who are like, you gotta watch this. I don't trust those people. I don't trust them. Like everybody who has told me that I need to watch it. I really don't trust them. I don't trust their opinion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, okay. <laughs> mind Tyler Perry movies so I guess I'm one of those people who will watch it and appreciate it for what it is you know do I think that it's the best acting no usually it's not it's usually pretty poor acting so I think the storylines are somewhat predictable absolutely you know are they can you pretty much tell the entire movie as soon as it starts sure Mm -hmm. but do I find some of the takeaway messages to be, you know, good ones? Yeah. Is it something that I don't feel like oh, I've lost, you know, those 90 minutes of my life that I can't get back? Mm. Eh, I mean, there could be worse things. So I'm usually okay with it. And I know that there's other media out there to me that is equal to or not worse than what Tyler Perry is putting out. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm open. To, to watching it. Don't bother me. I don't watch his movies with the expectation of them being good. Like, if it's like, if it's on TV, I'm sitting on the couch, I don't have anything to do, um, then maybe. But I'm like, I would never go to the theater. The last time he got my money was for Four Color Girls. Mm-hmm. Or oh, either that or Precious. I can't remember which one, which mm-hmm. was first. But I think after Four Colored Girls, I was like, okay, you got me. <laughs> You will not get, you will not get my money again. There were some moments of that movie I really liked, but then it there were some parts. I was like, why does everything you always got to put HIV and download? It's so and dramatic. All your movies. But um, but like, what's the marriage one? The first uh, how did how, why, why did, did I, I get, get married? married? Um, like his movies have so much potential, mm-hmm. like potential to be really good, and then. When he, when I read that article, the, the interview he recently did, when he said he writes his stuff in two weeks, so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's it. Yeah. You, you're writing this in two weeks. Yeah. So what can we expect? You know, like if it's being written in two weeks and recorded in five, um, what can we respect? You yeah. know, expect or no, I said it right. What can we respect? <laughs> right. My <laughs> the Freudian slip. Right. <laughs> Which basically tells how I feel about Tyler Perry. Right. I am critiquing and hating yeah. all things Tyler Perry. Um, am I happy for him? Cause I think that goes into kind of what we were talking about with the hating. Yeah. Am I happy for him? Do I want him to flourish? Most certainly, definitely uh-huh. 110%. Do I think a lot of his art right. <laughs> is ridiculous and a little bit of a setback because he could do so much more. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like I could see if Tyler Perry had a budget of like $10 and he was out <laughs> here trying to make movies, you know what I'm saying? Then that would explain why everybody wore the same wig and nobody thought to comb it from take to take. 
but the fact that he drama department and got those wigs. Thank you. And that's what I'm saying. The fact that he could do so much better, but he's keeping it at the level that he is intentionally. Because it's working. Exactly. Like that's say, the part I can't. Found a blueprint though. And like whoever so there's a lot of hate that comes, but then whoever is keeping his numbers up and keeping him popular, like that's clearly who he's mm -hmm. making these these movies for yep. and they appreciate the art so I, I i look at it like art like everybody's not gonna like the art and that's fine but if you are making your art for whoever your audience is and that audience likes it and appreciates it then i say keep doing what you're doing like if you're not looking to gain new yeah appreciate yeah. like people who appreciate your art that's his prerogative i'm saying he can keep you know definitely target your audience wherever you want whoever you want your audience to be but give them a little bit more like one scene he had the person <laughs> kev on stage if y'all watch kev on stage <laughs> talked about how he had one scene where the man was eating air food and drinking air water he could have put water in this man's cup you see what i'm saying like do better like the wig on one scene on one take and then you go like 30 seconds later it's a different wig on the lady <laughs> it's like target your audience go for who you want to go for but like be give good. them yeah. be good care to them you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. care about it yeah because that to me that's more than just a plot like i your plot line yeah. like erica was saying he has he knows his audience and i realize i am not his audience yeah. so i don't i don't get involved in it like oh tyler Perry's like i just choose not to watch mm -hmm. it but i will comment that this stuff is ridiculous and that you better. could care i just want him to care a little bit about like because to me those things show either you i don't know because that means you don't have like editors or people to check that stuff mm -hmm. because you're doing it so fast and I don't know if he even cares enough about it. Thank you. So that's, I think, what I, I am happy for what he has done. Um, I wish he would recognize, like, the scope of his limitations and bring in people who can um, kind of see those things, like those plot holes. or. Um, but at the same yeah. time, I recognize, I mean, kind of like we even said it, why would I stop? Why would I switch up? what i'm doing it has gotten him to where he owns one of the largest, the largest studios studio. and that's so the part i kind of i'm i won't say i'm conflicted but i see both sides i see that what what he's doing is working and people are supporting however as a respect for the art form itself yeah i would think you would want to kind of elevate and you don't necessarily have to change the plot but mm -hmm. just wigs <laughs> like things like checking to make sure that yes. the extras are actually eating food in yes. the background of the sea like continuity <laughs> that's what it's called continuity, continuity. and that's um, the thing that's the part that i hate it's like no the plot the storyline keep it where you want to keep it you know but like care about the art but also care about the audience yeah. that you're giving the art to you know mm. it's kind of like well y'all gonna take what i what i give you you know and but he can afford it, it. <laughs> people are taking it they are taking <laughs> it in large quantities <laughs> but he can afford it you know what i'm saying like he can it afford to be it doesn't have to be as low yeah. I ain't gonna say as low budget as it is. Like he one could. thing I do appreciate about all of it is that he, 
it's that Tyler Perry can make bad movies. Yeah. Like, cause that's one thing I was kind of, some of the arguments where people was like, he's setting black people back. And it's like, Tyler Perry's not the only black person mm-hmm. making films. Like you got Ava DuVernay, Issa Rae, mm-hmm. Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. Cassie Lemons, uh, Will Packer, mm-hmm. uh, Michael B. Jordan is, is even getting into the production world. So, mm-hmm. it's, so I ap- appreciate that he's not the only voice and Mm -hmm. that people are filming movies some of those people just name on his set so Mm -hmm. as bad of a writer i think he is i'm glad he's not the sole right writer that just saying 20 years ago where you only had two you know black filmmakers Mm -hmm. out there so it's kind of like he has the right to make bad movies just like i feel like woody allen movies are bad Mm -hmm. and i'm not watching them right Right. i don't but you ain't about to tell me his movie be good, and I believe you. <laughs> ever. It, okay, it, so ever. is there one Tyler Perry movie that you all can name that you thought was at least adequate quality? I'll say I found many of them entertaining. Yeah. Like, anything with Medea, except for the Halloween ones, which I refuse yeah, to watch. Were bad. But were I bad. have, hmm. I find all the Madea movies entertaining. Okay. Any movie without Madea, I don't like. <laughs> I, really? Because I think I'm the opposite. Really? I don't like any movie with Madea. What? Sign me up. I TBS. I watch. Yeah, I yeah. was sitting watching. Because I remember the plays. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I like and, the and plays. I like the plays. Yeah, I like the plays. I did like the plays. Now, what's the one with Alfre Woodard and? I did like Kathy that one. Bates. I like that one. Was that um, him though? Did, fa- the family that, that prays. Family that prays. You yeah. know, I've never seen it from beginning to end. That one. Was that one I liked. That one was good. That one. Was yeah. that the one? No, 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 no. Okay. That was a good one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it had different, it had a lot of different <laughs> themes. And yeah, I like that one. Other than that, it was complete. It, it'd be a complete no for me. What was the one that had the angels hanging, the black Girl. angels? Oh, oh there yes. were angels? No. Family reunion. Was that family reunion? Oh, my God. There were yes. angels. See, I haven't, I haven't watched. He touched me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So, you know, to wrap up this segment. Sorry, about... that was my uh, impression of one of the, in case someone thought I got possessed. I don't know. It's my impression of one of the sisters in the fam- family reunion. Yeah. Hilarious. Not my children. <laughs> I, can't. I can't. I can't, y'all. <laughs> He oh loves me. See, this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm saying he could do so much better. Like, get an acting coach on she set. She has not been in a movie since then. Yes. Has she? A, yes, Tyler, she a non Tyler Perry. Because he does not care. I have not seen her since. I can't. I can't. I and this is why I say I am very heavy on the critique and very heavy on the hate um, for Tyler Perry <laughs> movies. Um, but, you know, I, I wish him well. You know, I, I don't have to wish him well because he's already doing amazing. Right. Um, so he's doing it. He's doing it regardless of whether I'm watching it or not, you know. Um, but I just think he could he could elevate it a little bit. You know, I would hope that he would. Um, so, yeah. All right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, jump move. into the topic before April starts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. He so, touched me. <laughs> I can't, y'all. Y'all. 
All right, so we are going to quickly shift gears and talk about, I don't even know how we're going to get into this. <laughs> I feel like this topic does not. All right, we're just going to do it anyway, guys. So um, switching gears to, you know, a more serious matter, um, we want to talk to you all about anxiety today. Um, just different things about, you know, what it looks like, how people cope with anxiety. Okay. <laughs> Y'all. They are having a moment. All right. We might need a commercial break. <laughs> no, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to get it together. Oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. All right. And take two. <laughs> On the show topic, again, we are going to be talking about anxiety today i'm gonna open up the topic with asking you all what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have about anxiety um for me like with talking to people about anxiety i think one of the biggest misconceptions they have is that anxiety is an indicator of whether they can handle things or not. Mm. So if I'm anxious about something or if I am worrying about something, then that means I can't handle it. And because I can handle anything, then, you know, by connection, mm. I must not be anxious or I don't have anxiety. Oh, so that's okay. one of the bigger misconceptions, I think. Okay. <clears throat> I think one of the biggest misconceptions uh, around anxiety is being able to tell the, the difference between worry and anxiety. And I said that mostly because I work with a the emerging adulthood population, so like the 18 to 24. So within that group, there's a, kind of an overutilization of the word anxiety. When it's like, no, sweetie, you're just worried. Mm -hmm. It's not anxiety, or not anxiety, capital A anxiety, like diagnosis. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I think there's misconception around the, like, when does worry become anxiety or anxiety disorder? And then on the flip side, for my peers and my people, um, normalizing anxiety. Like with mm -hmm. my nerves. Oh, my nerves is bad. You know, my nerves are better. So not realizing that some of the things they're experiencing are actual symptoms mm -hmm. of anxiety. Right. I do think that a lot of the problem um, with anxiety is, like you said, April, some people have folded so many things into the general term anxiety mm -hmm. that we now really, or a lot of times people really don't know what it is and what it looks like and what those symptoms are. So I wanna talk a little bit about what anxiety is mm -hmm. and then also maybe touch a little bit on what it's not and, and so that people can better identify um, you know, what anxiety really constitutes. So like you were saying, like a lot of times we're all gonna have a little bit of like you said, little, the, the small a anxiety, we, you know, that's a normal part of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, we are going to deal with stressors. We may be a bit, you know, geared up about some things sometimes, but when we're talking about diagnosable anxiety, we're talking about a number of different symptoms. So we're talking about feeling on edge, mm -hmm. you know, excessive worry you know worry is normal but it can become obsessive to the point where it's keeping you from dealing with your day-to-day -day tasks because you're so caught up in your worry um 
we've got people who start to have physiological symptoms of anxiety. You start to have rapid heartbeat, sweating. Um, it's just, it's so many things um, that lead up to actually it being diagnosable. So we want people to kind of understand what it really looks like. Um, what are some things that people d exhibit or demonstrate that's anxiety that oftentimes they don't actually label it as anxiety? GI issues. Yeah. Yes. So. Gastrointestinal issues, stomach aches, nausea, um, heartburn, just any like having trouble keeping food down mm -hmm. um, is often associated with stress and also anxiety. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that too because a lot of times people don't recognize that in their kids. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That it can be very physiological. Mm -hmm. um, Those tummy aches. Yeah, the mm -hmm. tummy aches or, you know, not feeling like eating, like that nausea mm -hmm. that comes up um, for kids. Because kids don't have the words to, to place on what they're feeling. They just those experiences they'll talk to you about the physical experiences of anxiety um another physiological um part of anxiety is like the racing thoughts like you can't slow your mind down right oh, so yeah. you're having a lot of just kind of thoughts about like people are like oh i can't focus today mm -hmm. um or i can't concentrate so like a rapid, like your mind is always racing, always going, you can't slow it down. And that can um, impact the way that you do focus and concentrate, but it also impacts your sleep. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Like you can't slow your mind down long enough to relax, to fall asleep or the anxiety wakes you up from your sleep. So you wake up with a lot of thoughts and racing worries and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because. When you said, you know, I have difficulty concentrating, I hear a lot of people throwing around ADHD, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm just ADD or I'm ADHD. And a lot of times people will actually attribute their inability to focus and concentrate because a lot of times people like to use that word very in a simplified manner, too. Um and, you know, there's a lot of similarities in ADHD and anxiety, but you need to be able to recognize what some of the triggers are, what's those causes, because there's, it, they present differently and there's different causes. Um, so I want us to get a little bit personal. Um, and I'm okay with doing that because I talk about, um, you know, anxiety now, I'm more comfortable with it because I understand what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but... Have you all or do you all deal with anxiety and how does it tend to present for you? I certainly deal with a lot, quite a bit of anxiety. I tend to have a more anxious personality um, just in general. Um, and so oftentimes when my anxiety peaks, so when I am having kind of this cluster of like the physical symptoms and the cognitive symptoms where I can't slow my mind down, I can't focus. Um, oftentimes it does really impact um, my mood. Mm -hmm. So I get really like short with people. I get really um, like on edge. I worry about a lot of things. So I'll jump to conclusions um, because that's basically what your mind is built to do. If mm -hmm. it thinks that there is something dangerous coming up. It'll jump to those conclusions of how to get through the danger. So I jump to a lot of conclusions. 
um, that person must not care. Or that person doesn't work, you know, care about me. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety comes up like that. I start to make up scenarios and answer my own questions with like made up conclusions <laughs> that I have. Um, so that's how it tends to show up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of worrying, a lot of, it doesn't really, well, sometimes it impacts my sleep. Not too much. Um, I tend to be really good at sleeping. <laughs> I'm a good sleeper, but it does impact me throughout the day. Like my focus, my yeah. ability to just slow my brain down. Yeah. Really impacted. What about you, April? Um, not, not really. I probably can count on one hand the amount of times like in my life that I've dealt with anxiety just because my personality tends to skew the opposite way Mm. like Mm. it takes a lot for me to get anxious and usually if I am is more situational like something really big sure is coming up or there's like a big life thing going on and when that passes so does the anxiety so but there have been like two times in my life where it was like what is happening what is going on because Usually I can manage it, um, and those were times where it was, a lot was happening, and I'm trying to think. The first time, I don't even think it was anxiety, more so just situational. Yeah, like situational anxiety. Yeah, but yeah, even, definitely. like, when I think of anxiety, I often think you can't name why the symptoms are, you don't know why, Um you're experiencing what you're experiencing. You just feel the symptoms, but you can't pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. Or the response is out of proportion to the stimulus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, so maybe in that, because I can't get in my head. <laughs> so maybe, but I was about to be like, that's I, awesome. <laughs> like, childish. Because I know I get in my head, I'm usually <clears throat> able to, to walk it to back. So there have been a, like, maybe twice in my life where I couldn't mm-hmm. walk myself back. Mm-hmm. And that was super scary because yeah. I've always yeah. been able to like stay, get back from that edge but yeah. and that's when you know you're at that level where right. this is not a typical right anxious response yeah. this right is something this is more. something yeah 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 that's good though that I'm like that's great that well, your personality. personality it goes up the way oh, I'm more prone, right more yeah prone I'm more for prone depression. if I'm going to have a mood issue it's going to go low <clears> yeah versus like elevated yeah I'm gonna definitely go like moody into internal like, gotcha. into feelings mm-hmm. way more than just like gotta move gotta the jittery mm-hmm. yeah yeah and see i for the longest time i've dealt with anxiety since childhood but didn't have a name for it i didn't know what it was i wasn't going to see no therapist you know but um mine you know now that i think back and i've learned more about anxiety began um Shortly after, you know, a a family stressor or trauma, I would, you know, even attribute it as a trauma. And then my family relocating. So we dealt with this major trauma or event. And then not only did I have to deal with that event, but then my family moved eight hours, six, seven, eight hours away from everyone that we knew. And I began to have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Again, didn't have a name for these things at that time. All I know, I was 10 years old and would have these bouts of, I can't breathe. I think I'm going to die. Jumping up, running outside. Of course, my family's like, what is wrong with this girl? You know, Um, but didn't realize that it was those panic attacks. And I would just have these very um, irrational 
fears around um, safety and death or, you know, just something happening. And I started to develop just these this anxious feeling around lots of different things, weather, being separated, being alone. Um, and now I know what the name of it is, but I think it's important that we know what anxiety looks like, what some of those symptoms are so that we can start recognizing it in our family members, in our children, um, in ourselves. Yeah. I like that you talked a little bit about the cognitive piece of anxiety as far as like the irrational fears. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes with anxiety, we think it is kind of just that worry or just um, like you're concerned, Mm -hmm. but it tends to go, it heightens past that and it goes into irrational thoughts or fears or like things. The worst case scenario is always going to be the thing that happens. And so you'll have kind of these thoughts of doom coming basically um like if anything is going to happen it's going to be the worst one and it's going to be really bad and horrible and so it's good to know that it's it goes beyond just oh you know i'm just worried about this person Mm -hmm. um or worried about this situation it goes further than that Mm -hmm. um yeah which is um one of colleagues at work made a comment around anxiety being a disorder of the future as far as a lot of anxiety is about things that we are predicting right to happen um and i was like wow that is that's true but it also kind of simplifies anxiety because there is a component of it that is not controllable like there are some people where it's it's literally the there's some more chemical more one type of chemical than another so it causes that but then there is another component of especially if you grew up with anxious parents, yeah. like yeah. it's highly likely that you are then also going to yeah. have anxiety disorder because you have learned to kind of be fearful or to imagine or expect the worst because these are the things that you um, were brought up around, which yeah. I think goes back into your initial question of how do you even name this mm-hmm. if this is all... That you've known. I often say anxiety is contagious. Like, especially if you, like you said, grew up in an anxious household, then that's basically the way that you view the world. That's how you go through life with kind of these irrational fears and irrational worries about the worst thing happening. I tell my mom all the time it's her fault. (laughs) 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 Um, That I am a basket case of of worry. Um, But... I also think about, you know, when I, when I talk to my students about, think about stress, the stress of even a pregnant mother, Mm -hmm. your baby is going to be swimming in cortisol. If that is what is being released in your body when you're dealing with these stressors. And so when we talk about, you know, a pregnant woman does not need to be stressed. It's because we don't need to have that kind of chemical, you know, being released in the body because that is going to have an impact on your unborn child. So it starts even be beyond, you know, the environment. Well, it's environmental, but it's environmental within the womb. So um, it makes it that much more important to understand and learn what's causing it and how to limit and control um, the anxiety. And when you were saying it also made me think about the connection between trauma mm-hmm. and anxiety and if 
sometimes those fears that people have are a result of having their safety, like mm-hmm. sh- that sense of safety shattered. Because even as we we're thinking, I was like, oh yeah, I did have like a a, a period of time um, after experiencing a, a traumatic event that I didn't know the name of it until I was in grad school actually, and we were going over PTSD, and I was like, huh. Is that what I was going through? I was having nightmares yeah. all the time, and and literally was in class like, oh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why I thought I just couldn't get over right something. Exactly. It's literally your body's way oh. of handling danger. Yeah, yeah. it's know? like a protect. Your mind mm-hmm. is, a, is a protector. It's a protector. Um, <clears throat> but the challenge is. You know, survival skills are meant for those moments, mm-hmm. yeah. and they can often become troublesome when we're using those same survival skills in moments when we don't need to. Right. Exactly, and being able to tell the difference, like to say, "Okay, I'm safe," even yeah. though you know I may feel differently, but I'm okay right mm-hmm. now. Nothing is going to hurt me. Right. You know, this impending danger is not going to actually happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That goes into just kind of the talk about like, how do you begin to manage yes. the anxiety when you notice it manifesting, when you notice it growing? Because um, I, I know my level, just kind of my day to day level of anxiety. Um, and then I can feel it growing. Um, so things that you can do to help with managing it is monitoring your thoughts. Like April was saying, being able to catch those thoughts when they do come kind of those extreme, something bad is going to happen. Something bad is coming Mm -hmm. thoughts and kind of walking them back and saying, I'm safe. You know, I've dealt with this before. This has been good naming it. This is anxiety anxiety will not kill me, you know, those types of things that your brain is saying like, oh, nope, everybody needs to come to the foreground because we are in danger. Being able to kind of calm some of those down by controlling your thoughts. Um, I saw a meme that said every cell in your body listens to your thoughts. Mm. And I saw that and I was like, that is so powerful, but it's so real. Like your brain is the command center Mm -hmm. and every cell in your body listens to your brain and your thoughts and your mind. And so if your mind is saying the worst thing is about to happen, every cell in your body is kind of bracing itself for that impact. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, command those sales to calm is really really powerful Mm -hmm. um how do you manage some of the anxiety erica so mine has always been i mean it would start with you know the cognitive piece but it always overly manifests itself in physiological Mm -hmm. things so I learned, uh, and because one of my biggest things were um, it triggered panic attacks. So I experienced a lot of panic attacks. I learned to sing through my panic attacks because my biggest issue was I can't breathe. Yeah, yeah. Right. So now I'm like, oh my god, I can't breathe. If I'm telling myself I can't breathe, Mm -hmm. then now my brain is like Mm -hmm. overload. My heart starts to to race because now it's trying to pump more oxygen Mm -hmm. to my body because I've told myself I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. Your mind is so powerful. But I've always grown up like getting training, like vocal training. Mm -hmm. And I know that a part of vocal training is being able to control your breath. Well, if I can't breathe, there's nothing for me to control. Yeah. So I sing 
If I can yes, sing, that means I can breathe. Yeah. That's a great tool. And so I can almost, it's like, I'll sing and I'll like, see, you hear your voice, you're singing, you can mm -hmm. control your breath mm -hmm. because you're breathing. Yeah. And it just calms me down. I and like I've that. always, yeah. so I do, I do it even now. Like, actually started having an anxiety attack on Saturday mm -hmm. and literally sitting in my office that's I just started good. singing yeah. and it was like okay you're fine yeah that's yeah. a good tactic that's amazing what I found when I feel like myself like my thoughts kind of getting away um this is what I've learned from having a mindfulness practice is allowing your thoughts to exist but not go like just noticing them yeah and like i always say like you can see that fear in the corner you don't have to go ask it to dance <laughs> it's just I like, like just yeah. notice it. it's a thought and recognize like my feelings are not facts it's okay for me to have this feeling but i don't need to go and ex examine mm -hmm. it i don't need to analyze it i just need to acknowledge mm -hmm. that that's a feeling and mm -hmm. i'm like i don't have to respond to it and um i like that sensory stuff like progressive muscle relaxation so i never knew i was claustrophobic until i had to get a was it, is it mri the one where you go mm -hmm. all the way in yeah. yeah yeah and they ask you on the form are you are you claustrophobic I'm like, no i can be in a closet <laughs> uh <laughs> elevator <laughs> anything so but, but no but you're not laying on your right. back so <laughs> you know i get on i'm getting in the thing and they start willing you know easing you home sure. and I broke out into a, I have, I never had this happen. I broke out into a full sweat heart, started yeah. pounding and I go, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. How long? And it's noisy. Yeah. And it was interesting because that was the first time I had ever had that type of physical mm -hmm. response to any, and I knew what it was. Like I know I was like, oh shit, am I having anxiety? It's about that. Right. <laughs> and so the only way I made it through, cause they was like, look, we gonna have to get this MRI. Yeah. That hit, only way I made it through is I did progressive muscle relax relaxation where you, you know, tense and release your muscles. Mm -hmm. And I started with my toes. And by the time I made it up to my head, we were done. Mm -hmm. So I had to, like, not think about what I was in. I also uh, tilted my head back so that I could have a little bit of opening. Uh -huh. Now, if I had to go fully, like fully into it, they would have to sedate yeah. me. <laughs> well, that would have They would have had to sedate me, but I had <laughs> a little bit of purpose. room. <laughs> had a little bit of room where I could just, I was like, as long as I don't look down, right. I'm good. And see your whole and body see, in. Your whole body. I said, oh my God. Yeah. I'm being buried alive. What is happening? <laughs> well, that's good. At least yours happened in a machine. I start panicking if like, I'm pulling a, like a shirt over my head mm -hmm. And it gets stuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you like, okay. like I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> elevated. You're like, girl, you in a shirt. Like it's okay. Calm down. <laughs> what are some of the things that you think trigger your anxiety? So, do you know what they are? Yes. All of mine are around like safety, mm -hmm. um, fear of harm. Yeah. Um. And loss, mm -hmm. whether that's, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, like loss by death, just right. some kind of loss, danger, um, and ha like harm, danger, death yeah. and loss. Yeah. yeah. I know for me, it's usually when I'm handling a lot of things, mm -hmm. like when I'm like just going, like I've got this plate spinning, this plate spinning, 
something over here, something over there. And I'm just going, going, going and not paying attention to feeling overwhelmed. Like I get overwhelmed very easy. I say my tipping point is very, you know, the threshold is very, very short. So I have to really take note of when I've got a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, my <laughs> feels superficial after y'all. Um, <laughs> when something is, when a major event or something that it will impact my life and I'm not in control of it. Yeah. That is when I go, cause I'm, I'm I'm usually on at fifty fifty percent off. Like if I do zero to one hundred, I I live at fifty. Mm-hmm. And anytime, like dissertation defense, because so much of that was not like there was a big decision being made that I could not. I only had control. so much control over. Right. Um. So it, those types of situations is really when I get the most anxious. Yeah. Everything else, I'm like, huh, eh, well, you know. Yeah. I've done, you know, I'm down the best or what will be, will be. But when it's someone else making that decision. Like that uncontrollable like, yeah, piece of like it. Yeah. yeah, I definitely, it's really important to know what your triggers are. Um, so you can be proactive, right? So you can get ahead of them. Because um, I sometimes don't do a good job of getting ahead of my triggers. Like mm-hmm. I'll just be going and going. I think the last... Um, time that my anxiety got really really bad was um the anniversary of my dad's death mm-hmm. um and I was like no you know I'm working all day and I'm gonna go work out and you know I'm gonna go home and cook and literally as I was well while I was in the gym I started to feel like my heart fluttering mm-hmm. and I was like dang like I might need to get off this treadmill you mm-hmm. know let me let me get it together and then I started to be like, oh, I can't breathe. Well, let me just cut my workout short. And by the time I got to the car, I was having a full-blown panic attack. Mm-hmm. And so me knowing what it was was extremely helpful. So hopefully you guys are going to be able to learn a little bit more about yourself and like your levels of anxiety if you experience it. But knowing what it was was helpful because I was able to talk to myself in that way of like, you're having a panic attack. This is anxiety. No one has ever died from anxiety. Mm-hmm. You will be okay. It will pass. I was able to know kind of what to do to bring myself down, but I did a very poor job of taking care of myself that entire week, right, Yeah, you know, leading up to it. Right. So that was like my body yelling at me mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, I need you to attend to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I need you to check in. I need you to slow down. I need you to bring it down. And so it's really important to know what your triggers are so that you can be proactive in getting in front of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that, you know, rolls us into like takeaways. I think you already kind of got us started off with yeah. knowing, recognizing um, what those triggers are. Um, what are some other takeaways we think, you know, the listeners should have? Listening to yourself, mm-hmm. having um, a plan of action in place. So I'm a big fan of sensory so, like, I have an in-case-of-emergency playlist on my phone. So when I feel myself, like, getting, getting a little out of whack, put my playlist. For some, it's touching things. So even mm-hmm. looking for five red things in the room. So anything that you can use as a distraction that also is using your senses. Because that's then kind of what you said, like, your cells listen yeah. to whatever your your brain tells it to. Mm-hmm. So if now you're only thinking about red things in the room, yeah. it's a good distraction. 
Exactly. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to add to that. I mean, I, I think that having techniques that work for you mm-hmm. and you're going to have to learn what those, what those things are. Um, so you need to spend time understanding what type of anxiety you have. Is your anxiety more mental mm-hmm. um, in the sense that you have a lot of racing thoughts, you have a lot of irrational thoughts, you need to spend time having techniques that are going to transition your thoughts into things that are going to help you manage. If it's more like mine and more, you know, it starts, you know, cognitive, but it really manifests itself more in physiological ways, you need to have ways that you're going to be able to 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 bring down the the major physiological responses that you're having. Um, if it's more situational, like, you know, April, being able to kind of prepare yourself for entering into those situations, especially if you recognize that when you're in those types of situations, you're more anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, for me, I, like I said, you know, takeaway is basically knowing what your triggers are, knowing what things can lead to an increase in anxiety for you um, and having a toolbox of things that can be helpful. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of different, um, techniques that you can use. Breathing is a big one. Like always starting with doing some like deep breathing in order to help with calming your body. Um, and we'll talk and I think another podcast episode would be cool to talk about just like strategies that might be helpful to managing anxiety, whether it's mindfulness. I know April mentioned using mindful techniques, whether it's breathing, whether it's singing, whether it's working out, um, but having a toolbox that you can pull from that can help with pulling down some anxiety. Nice. Sounds good. Good episode. This was good. So let's get to our last segment. Send one your love. Anyone have someone, something, some person, some entity that you'd like to send your love to? Oh, yes. I want to send my love to my niece, Daisha. So I have a niece that um, was born and raised in Germany. And we, our family only saw her when she was five years old. And then we have not seen her since then, but she is now um, in the States and she will um, be moving here. And so my family and I have gotten to see her after um, not seeing her in about 17 years. So we are very excited to have her here. It was just such a wonderful welcome back home. So um, I'm going to send my love to her and make sure she listens to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, I want to send my love to, um, by the time this recording comes out, the news will be old, but I want to send my love out to Kobe Bryant's family um, and send my prayers to the other passengers in the helicopter. Um, so yeah, I want to send my love there. Um, even though they may not listen to the episode, I just want to put it in the energy. I want them to feel it and I want to definitely send them healing and prayers for sure. Yeah. I would like to send my love out to Deidre. Deidre is one of our biggest supporters. Yes. We love you, DJ. Uh, shout out to DJ. She's always listening, sharing, commenting. She also has 
and a new IG page, Black to Poland, yes. all about her experiences of being a black woman in, in Poland and living and loving out there yes. <laughs> in Poland. Um, so shout out to DJ. All right. Well, this kind of concludes our episode. Really, really great topic. Thank y'all for being um, open to sharing like personal things. That was always really good to hear. Um, we want to go ahead and sign out. Um, as you're listening, definitely like, subscribe, recommend on any of the platforms you're listening on. You can always find us on Three Sykes and a Mic. That's the number three Sykes and a Mic. You can check us out on Instagram on Three Sykes and a Mic as well as on Facebook. If you have any questions, comments or you just like to reach out to us please email us at three sykes and a mic at gmail.com and as always we are grateful and thankful for each and every one of you and we will see you guys next week he loves right. me i can't i knew you were waiting for that no i cannot go support tyler perry guys. no don't do it don't do it <laughs>